ప్రేమ స్ట్రీమ్ 25th February 2021 Dear listeners Sairam from Prashant Nilam the most happening place on the planet yes it is indeed the place that has no parallel with any other place in the world and this place is what it is because of the way people who have come to this place have connected to their inner selves because the supreme consciousness concretized itself and created his abode in this holy hamlet everyone who came into this space they connected to that consciousness within them and i always feel that prashanti is what it is because of this saga of selfless sacrifice selfless dedication ceaseless commitment of hundreds of thousands the ashram is what it is because so many silent souls have poured their soul poured every part of their body mind and strength energy into converting this place into a powerhouse of spirituality the temple acquires its sanctity because people go there and offer their prayers their purity it is because of the faith of the people that the temple becomes a magnet that can turn rusted irons into shining silvers and it is the same with puttaparthi it is because people who have come into the space have lived life like servitors have lived life where they never thought about their comfort their pleasures their conveniences they only thought about how i can lead a life that makes my swami happy how i can lead a life that is like the life that lakshmana lived in the forest that is like the life that bharata lived in nandigram how i can lead a life like that of shabri how i can lead a life that is constantly only thinking about his work his name his glory and nothing about me myself my family my comfort and sharing the saga of one such devotee i have been telling you over the last few episodes the incidents from the life of surya kantamagaru how she came to bhagwan way back in 1961 she served in the south indian canteen for over 4 decades and even now she's active she's 85 but continues to guide people continues to mentor young sevadals continues to 
cry for every chance to serve continues to inspire every youngster every devotee who comes into her purview to lead a life of selflessness of seva of sadhana bhagwan visited her village satyawada in 1965 how did this visit happen what happened when bhagwan physically graced her little hamlet i started this story in the previous episode by sharing with you bhagwan's trip to east godavari in march april 1965 for over 2 weeks from march 21st to april 6th bhagwan was in this coastal district of andhra pradesh and bhagwan was addressing hundreds and thousands of devotees in little towns and villages of this district touching lives unimaginably bhagwan was touring tirelessly he would travel in the nights speak during the days give interviews during every waking hour and then go back to the car and travel 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 hardly any time for rest hardly any time to think about the little rest that his body also needs having taken a human frame bhagwan traveled 8000 kilometers in that year he left brindavan on the 21st of march and he reached chennai that night he proceeded to sulurpet in nello district on the 22nd of march 1965 he laid the foundation stone for the spacious shelter a dharmashala that was established for the convenience of the pilgrims who come in large numbers to the shrine of changalamma the temple there which attracted pilgrims from so many towns and cities of india he spoke to the devotees in sulurpet on 22nd of march 1965 and from there he went to gudur and then he journeyed to manikonda near vijayawada where he stayed on the 23rd during the hours of the day time on 23rd bhagwan left manikonda and then he reached kakinara midnight and there the devotees had made elaborate arrangements for the opening by bhagwan of a temple on shirdi sai temple dedicated to shirdi sai baba bhagwan inaugurated the temple on 24th and had a 3 day session of the prashanti vidwan mahasabha prashanti vidwan mahasabha was the institution that bhagwan had set up just the year before 1964 to disseminate the values of indian culture to inculcate into the hearts and minds of people of india the sacred virtues of the ancient tradition and culture of india 30000 people had gathered to have bhagwan's darshan and to hear his message and in fact the crowd was so overwhelming that the organizers had to move the sessions on 25th and 26th in kakinara to the sports stadium of an engineering college and bhagwan on all those 3 days addressed these huge concourse of devotees on 26th bhagwan was in the village of sampara which is 12 miles from kakinada a village that is again filled with devotees devotees who have come to prashant nilayam devotees who have come in groups to have bhagwan's darshan in puttaparthi on the 26th 
when bhagwan was addressing the people in the grounds of the engineering college in kakinada bhagwan said this vast sea of aspirants who seek darshan and who yearn to learn about spiritual matters may be a new experience for the organizers of this function it might be a new experience even to the authorities in the city to see such a huge gathering but let me tell you bhagwan said let me tell you this is nothing strange to me nor is the message i bring anything new neither the crowd is new nor is the message that i have come to give is anything new this is the message of the vedas the message of the vedas that is tested by time and guaranteed by the experience of many who have put it into practice and bhagwan went on to elaborate on what this message of the vedas is some said the vedas have three sections karma upasana gyana karma is the section dealing with the activities that strengthen and purify faith and devotion so karma is all those sacred acts we do why we do these acts so that they purify our faith so that they strengthen our devotion this is the purpose of doing any activity upasana the other section of veda is the section dealing with worship of the personal god the dedication of all acts to the highest the inner witness the surrender of all skills and experiences unto the immanent power upasana is all those acts we do for the worship of that god with whom we connect how we surrender all our skills to that supreme power and so i said this karma and this upasana they are done so that man is endowed with one pointedness with ekagrata and swami says as a result of these two consciousness is able to recognize in a flash jnana the vedas as i mentioned before bhagwan said have three sections karma upasana and jnana and karma and upasana acts of worship and acts of service they are meant only towards the cultivation of one pointedness ekagrata and once that ekagrata happens swami says you will be blessed in a flash by jnana by that supreme knowledge and swami said all these three stages have to be gone through the seed has to be sown the sapling has to be protected and the fruit has to be tasted bhagwan said instead of this one pointedness people today have many pointedness we have one pointedness but one pointedness for what so we said people are one pointed now one pointedness now for drinking coffee they have one pointedness to when they watch cinema they have one pointedness when they listen to some music from the movies and this has led to undue care being bestowed on hollow unreality swami said because our mind has this many pointedness not one pointedness many pointedness for coffee for cinema for everything swami says and we are going so much after this hollow unrealities to the neglect of things that feed and foster the sense of holy discipline because of this swami said there is irreverence injustice and corruption in this land of india and people who condemn all these this state of affairs they themselves engage 
in these wrongs the problem is no one stands firm because they have not found the rock to stand on and that rock is the rock of atma they have no knowledge of their atmic reality the teaching of all the scriptures and of all the sages and saints is to recognize the atma within and to build life upon that petrock swami said because this is missed that is why we don't have that one pointedness that is why we don't have that zeal to walk on this path of karma upasana which will lead to jnana we have to discover that bedrock and what is needed for us to discover that bedrock of atma is one should withdraw into themselves one should meditate on their inner nature and bhagwan so beautifully said it is the privilege of every child of india to know the signs of this enquiry and to practice it it is a privilege of every child of india to know about this because this is truly the wealth of india swami said this is the wealth that will really save man from misery everything else that we think are wealth are mere shadows mirages castles in the air they drop with the body and then bhagwan referring to what is going on in kakinada swami said in kakinada i know there is rivalry between one temple and another one sai baba temple and another sai baba temple people collect funds they compete to collect funds and celebrate festivals so i said when you are doing this when you are competing in collecting funds you are fouling the sacred name which you are using to collect the funds so i said i discourage strongly this building of new temples in my name you renovate and utilize the temples that are already there this whole mandir construction scheme this has become a profitable business so i said people go about with lists of likely quote and could victims and they squeeze donations using my name in fact bhagwan said do not believe if anyone comes to you and declares satyasai baba has come to me in my dream and he has commissioned me to do publicity for him please help me swami so said i do not commission anyone for such work neither in dream nor when i am awake such men are cheats they use callously the name the sacred name swami so said don't treat such people with mercy and swami so said there are others who show you something and say satyasai baba likes me very much and he gave this they project themselves as people who are very close to me and then they take advantage of people's love for me swami so said doing this is an insult to the divine principle itself there are no shortcuts in the spiritual field bhagwan said as a matter of fact bhagwan said bhakti is even more difficult than jnana often we would hear that bhakti is easy jnana is difficult swami so said but in reality bhakti is even more difficult than jnana because in bhakti you have to get the attitude of thou you not i and for one to get this attitude one has to surrender completely to the highest power the ego has to completely go the faith that not even a blade of grass can shake in the wind without his being aware of it and him having caused it this thought has to be implanted one has to live this 
thought in their lives day in and day out every single second in they should have this conviction deep in every pore of their being the heart should be clear of all blemish then the lord will be reflected this is what is bhakti bhakti is not a leisure time job swami said spiritual discipline is necessary if you just place charcoal over the cinders that is not enough you have to fan vigorously only then the charcoal will change into burning cinders swami said same way if you are just in puttaparthi it is of no use you have to engage in sadhana to win my sankalpa to win my craze bhagwan said people ask the burden of the consequences of acts done in previous births can it be brushed away swami said yes they can be destroyed as a heap of cotton is burned by a spark of fire similarly mountains of karma can be reduced to ashes but the spark that is needed to burn karma is the spark of jnana swami gave this beautiful example the consequences of our actions from various births they are like the cloud of dust that follows a bus when it runs on a fair weather road when the bus reaches the gravel road or the metal road the dust is less but it is still there when at last the bus enters the tarred road then there is no dust so initially the bus is going on the mud track and swami said that is the path of karma the metal road is the path of upasana and the tarred dust free road is the path of jnana so when you go in the mud road then there is this cloud of dust that is a path of karma when the bus goes in the metal road the dust is less the consequences of our actions troubling us will be less when you follow the path of upasana but once you are on the tarred road there is no cloud of dust as the bus goes that is the royal road of jnana swami said and it is possible through human skill and effort to reduce the burden of past karma if you have a cup of coffee in your hand and if you want the coffee to cool down you don't just hold the coffee and wait endlessly you ask for an extra cup and you start pouring the coffee from one cup to the other why because you want the coffee to cool down quickly you are eager to drink the coffee and that is why you take this trouble of cooling it down in the efficient manner swami says in the same way you should have that same eagerness that same anxiety when it comes to spiritual matters for a simple thing like coffee you cannot wait but when it comes to spirituality people take it so lightly when you want to drink in the coffee of divine grace you have to do the sadhana with much more eagerness and then comes this beautiful statement from bhagwan swami said there is no higher duty than truth and no higher wealth than peace give up this pursuit of western fashions western moral codes they are demeaning the divinity of man cultivate the virtues of reverence of humility and then looking at this huge gathering there in the grounds of that engineering college swami said since 3 hours so many thousands of you have been sitting in this hot sun without even a whisper this is real devotion 
in spiritual matters the more we subject ourselves to discipline the more joy and peace we enjoy Swami commended the principal of the engineering college Swami said you have made all arrangements in this vast gathering in very short notice because this was not the planned venue just because the previous venue could not really accommodate the surging crowds that immediately this venue was arranged Swami said the students of this college they have done fantastic work and assisted the principal in making all these arrangements in a very disciplined manner Swami praised that college and said this college has impressed me impressed me by the spiritual urge evident among the students and Swami praised the students and said you are the true promoters of the prosperity of future India you must cultivate those strong virtues you must be courageous you must be enthusiastic helpers of people in society you will shine you will earn a great name for the country if you walk on this path and cultivate these virtues and if you are courageous and if you are all the time willing to serve society this is what bhagwan said in kakinada on 26th of march 1965 after this meeting at kakinada bhagwan went to pithapuram varanasi subramanya shastri a very respected resident of pithapuram was an ardent devotee of bhagwan bhagwan loved him and in fact when bhagwan gave a discourse in pithapuram bhagwan mentioned this in his divine discourse swami reached pithapuram late in the evening even though it was late hour there were 30000 people waiting for bhagwan in pithapuram pithapuram landlords the zamindari system was prevalent there and these landlords were the largest and the wealthiest landlords in the east godavari district in fact because of their wealth and their status and their position they were given the titles of maharaja and the family members of this pithapuram royal family had marital connections with so many other royal families of bobili or venkatagiri and when bhagwan was in pithapuram bhagwan addressed the devotees here inside a fort a fort which belonged to the royal family over time the royal family and the great prosperity of that family had dwindled and it was not as glorious as it used to be hundreds of years ago but there were remnants of the prosperous state and the wealthy glory of the pithapuram royal family and bhagwan was inside one of these forts and swami said this ancient fort is a reminder of the evanescence of the earthly glory and the essential futility of all efforts to achieve worldly glory and conquest just like what was once a glorious wealthy kingdom today is a shadow of its former self bhagwan said this fort in which i'm speaking to you is a reminder of this temporariness of earthly glory Swami said these walls and bastions were once the symbols of power and wealth now they are symbols of the fickleness of fortune they have themselves become pathetic ruins they are teaching you that time is the greatest conqueror everything material undergoes change nothing can remain the same today merges into tomorrow it is itself the consequence of yesterday everything is changing everything is a constant flux 
This is the flux of time, this flood of change. This is samsara, Swami said. This fort built centuries ago for purposes of defense and aggrandizement. Swami said, this fort today has realized its goal. Why? Because there is vast gathering of eager seekers and they are all sitting under the shadow of these walls to hear the message of Satya, Dharma, Shanti and Prema from me. Today the fort has found its fulfillment, Swami said. Because today, as you look at the changing nature of fortune and wealth, the changing nature of everything around, you are listening to what is permanent from the very source. Swami said, the kings of Pithapuram, they have done many meritorious deeds. They had done many acts of charity. They encouraged the study of the Vedas, of the Shastra, scriptures. They constructed and maintained houses of worship and temples. All their efforts will never go unrewarded. Good seeds sown must sprout and they must yield. And Swami said, many scholars have flourished here. And Swami said, I came here primarily because of the love that Subramanya Shastri, Varanasi Subramanya Shastri of this place bears towards me and the love that I have for him. The fact that in spite of the very short notice of my arrival to this place, so many have gathered here in thousands. It just shows how much you yearn to learn about the higher life and how earnest you are to connect with the divine. That is the reason, Swami said, I stopped here for a few hours before going to Yalamanchili. That was the next destination of Bhagwan. Swami said, looking at this beaming joy on the faces of all of you, this is the food that I live upon. I am refreshed when you are happy and you are content. My thirst is quenched by the joy which lights up your eyes. Your ananda is my ahara, your Bliss is my food. I don't feel like talking to you only. I only desire to communicate to you my joy and to get into communion with your joy. This mutual fulfillment is the essential thing, Swami said. This visit was planned in the last minute. Even then you have made such arrangements and you have gathered at this late hour. Swami said, I am not satisfied. I feel like coming to this place again because everything was done in a hurried manner. You had to do it. You have done it so well. But I am not feeling satisfied that I am not able to give you enough time. And Swami said, I will come again. That, that's what Bhagavan said, looking at the love and devotion of the people there. And as Bhagavan left, Bhagavan said, I shall leave one message for you to ruminate upon. And that is the message of Prima. That is the message of love. Because where there is love, there God is certainly evident. Love more and more people. Love them more. Love them more intensely than before. Transform that love into service. Transform that service into worship. That is the greatest sadhana, Swami said. There is no living being without this spark of love. Even a madman loves something or the other. You must recognize this love as nothing but a reflection of the Prema Swarupa, reflection of the Divine. And that love indeed is your reality. Without that spring of love that bubbles in your heart, 
without that spring of divinity which is there in your heart you cannot love at all only when you feel that god in your heart can you love others rely on that spring within more and more develop the possibilities of love irrigate the whole world with your love do not seek anything in return from those to whom you extend this love in your daily affairs do not create factions do not revel in hatred see the good in others see your faults revere others as having god installed in them revere yourself also as the seat of god make your heart pure so that god can reside therein all the consequences of your karma can be wiped out only through karma swami said they can be wiped out only through karma a thorn can be removed only by another thorn do good karma remove the pain of your bad karma and then bhagwan says the simplest and the best karma for you to do is chanting repeating the name of the god name of the lord be ever engaged in it this will keep out evil tendencies and wicked thoughts it will help you to radiate love all around the best sadhana that you can do is to lose yourself in the love of the lord and in the love of thinking about him and singing the names of the lord which are filled with love in fact if you see every town bhagwan went every gathering he addressed bhagwan would emphasize and stress and exhort people to lose themselves in this practice of namasmarana to to derive the joy of namasmarana to connect to the divine through this practice of namasmarana because there is nothing bhagwan said that is more easy simple beautiful guaranteed and efficient way to build good karma to draw the grace of the divine and to purify our inner self even as we fill our heart with love we have to constantly make our lives a ceaseless saga of chanting his name prem se gao mangalana
गोविंद गोपाल बोलो राधेशा प्रेम से गाओ this was bhagwan's message as he toured different towns and villages of the east godavari district i was telling you about the beautiful message that bhagwan delivered in kakinada and later on now in pithapuram in fact as bhagwan concluded his discourse in pithapuram swami said the sages of ancient times have divided karma into vikarma and akarma vikarma is those acts that are done intentionally akarma are those acts that are done without any intention of reward without any intention to gain the consequence and swami said that is how our acts should become all the activities like the earning of wealth reputation fame publicity they all result in suffering swami said in some suffering or the other what you need is internal joy internal peace and that can happen only when you engage in akarma when you engage in acts with no i on the gain of that act the act must be its own reward the act must be according to the prompting of the divine within if the act is as per the prompting of the divine within then its consequence also will be left to the divine it will not touch us that is how our act should become once we live such a kind of life swami says you will find great peace within you will find peace welling from within you and radiating around you such beautiful gems bhagwan was so freely distributing to devotees going to their homes going to their towns going to their villages and urging them showering his benedictions on them 
and his journey continued in East Godavari. After Pithapuram, Bhagwan left to Yalamanchili in the Vishakapatnam district. He reached midnight. Just like he had reached Kakinada midnight, he reached Yalamanchili midnight. As I was telling you, he was constantly on the road. Daytime, he was speaking, giving interviews, going to the houses of devotees. In the nights, he was on the roads. That is how Bhagwan was when he was in his 40s, 50s. Why? Even during his 60s. The organizers of the Prashanti Vidwan Mahasabha, they saw that the next day, a lakh people had collected in that little town. 100,000 people had gathered to listen to Bhagwan in Yala Manchili. People had come from all parts of the district and even from the neighboring state of Odisha. They had made excellent arrangements. And Bhagwan, pleased with the organizers and looking at the surging crowds, Bhagwan started his divine message in calm comfort. Bhagwan said, For three years, the people of Yalamanchili have been persuading me to come to their village and give darshan. Finally, their wish has been fulfilled. I see thousands of people here. Swami said, This chance to grant you joy has come this day. Swami is telling this chance. He is saying that this is a chance for him. So overpowered Bhagwan was looking at the crowd there and their eager eyes and praying hearts. Swami said everything has to have its proper time and cause, kalam and karanam. It has happened now. And then Bhagwan spoke about how people talk about matam and people talk about idi na matam. The word mati Bhagwan took and Swami said mati means intelligence. And it changes, it grows, it deteriorates. And all these matams, matams are religions which are based on mati, they also undergo change. People who are followers of different matams, different religions, their standards also are different. One must follow the dictates of the rishis, Swami said. You must follow not what these people of different religions say. You must follow the injunctions given by the sages of yore because sages were above pettiness and narrow-mindedness and above egoism. They used to say, this is what the Veda says. Idi Vedanushasanam. They used to never say that it, this is coming from them. They used to say it is all come because of chit shakti or it has come because of grace. It has been revealed to them the basic truths that are needed for the progress of man. Swami said, the same God who revealed out of His grace the Vedas comes again and again whenever people seek to pitch their petty intelligence against the eternal intelligence. When people become petty, God has to come down. The people who have petty intelligence, they are born slaves of their senses, Swami said. They lead man astray. The Vedas, on the other hand, beckon everyone towards the eternal, undiminishable joy. Man wanders in the dark seeking in the outside world what he has lost in the inner world of the spirit. What you have lost inside, how can you get it outside? And Swami said, as a child is fed on breast milk for some months and then on cow's milk, then later given bread and other bites of food when the teeth have grown, so too 
Man is given by the Vedas spiritual food suited to the digestive development of the person in the early stages. You cannot understand Jnana. You cannot understand the Advaita and the unity that the Vedas talk about. That's why you are asked to follow the paths of Bhakti or Upasana. Bhakti comes naturally because it is only expansion of the love that is inherent in man. Swami said to get grounded in Bhakti, one has to do good karma, good activity, good company, good listening, good behavior. That is essential so that it becomes easy on the path of Bhakti. And Bhagavan gave the example of Lakshmana when the ornaments thrown over by Mother Sita were being carried through the sky by Ravana. When these ornaments were placed before Lakshmana by Rama and when Rama asked Lakshmana to identify these ornaments, Lakshmana so beautifully says that I can recognize only the toerings of my sister-in-law because every day I used to touch her feet in reverence. That was one of the first duties of the day. I am not very sure about the other personal ornaments. I have never really lifted my face and looked at her that keenly. Swami said, how many brothers can claim today that depth of reverence towards their sisters-in-law? Bhagavan spoke about Dharmaja, of Yudhisthira who preferred the life of a stepmother's son to the life of either Bhima or Arjuna when, according to the story in Mahabharata, Yaksha offered to grant the life of any of the four brothers who were dead, Bhima, Arjuna, Nakula and Sadeva, we know how Yudhisthira said, I am happy to get either Nakula or Sadeva. He says, because I am the son of one mother, let the son of my other mother also be alive, at least one son of the other mother. Even though they were going through such difficult times and Bhima and Arjuna would have been great assets for him to have as they were going through this time of exile. He did not think about his comfort and his protection. He thought about others. He thought about the mothers. So he said, this is how love has to first gladden the home. If there is moral decline, that is greater disaster than military decline for a country. If everyone only says, mine, mine, how can one be useful to others? Sacrifice is the salt of life, Bhagavan said. And Tyaga, Tyaga is indeed the secret of peace and joy. When we say Gopala, Go means senses and Gopala means one who controls the senses. The senses need to be controlled so that they don't come in the way of sacrifice. Because senses are generally self-centered. Only when we trust the Gopala, trust the Divine, trust all our senses to Him, then we can go inward. And Swami said, everyone must pass through this path of satkarma, good deeds, into the realm of expanding love. And from love, one learns the lesson of sacrifice, of dedication, of surrender to the Supreme One. There are many gurus and swamis who go around from place to place. Swami said, they only are busy collecting money. People use my name for various purposes. Just like Bhagavan had done earlier in Pithapuram, Swami warned the people of Yalamanchuli also not get carried away by people who say that they are devotees of Baba or Bhagavan has come in their dreams and seek money. 
Swami said, I ask only for bhakti, shraddha and sadhana. Only devotion, faith and spiritual discipline. I only seek purification of your heart. I never seek anything. Anybody who comes to you and says, Bhagwan has sent me and you have to donate or you have to give this money to build this or to do that. Swami said, you must never encourage such people. They pretend to be my mouthpieces and communicate to others my advice and my suggestions as if I have authorized them. Swami said, I never speak through another. I never possess another. Why do I need another person as a vehicle of expression? I will come straight. And then Bhagavan said, I don't accept from you flowers that fade, fruits that rot and coins that have no value beyond the national boundary of a country. Give me the lotus that blooms in your manasar over. The lotus that blooms in the clear pellucid waters of the lake of your mind, of your inner consciousness. Give me the fruits of holiness, of steady discipline. My world is the world of the spirit. I don't need these fruits and flowers. My world is different. I don't need things of this world. Swami said, if you are happy with faith in God and fear of sin, that is enough service. Enough you have done for me. If you have faith, if you fear sin and if you love. Swami said, that pleases me. I don't seek from you anything else. All I want is bhakti, shraddha and sadhana. Your steadfastness in your spiritual discipline, your faith, your devotion. All the acts that you have done to purify your heart. This is what Bhagwan told the devotees in Yalamanchali near Vishakapatnam. Dear listeners, the journey of Bhagwan to these places in the East Godavari district to all these coastal areas of Andhra Pradesh is filled with such beautiful messages and there are many beautiful miracles and cures and revelations that Bhagwan did. We don't have great documentation of all that but whatever little we have gathered I will share with you in the coming episodes as we go through this journey of Bhagwan's visit to Andhra Pradesh in 1965. Before we come to the episode of Bhagwan's Visit to Satyavada, the village where Surya Kantamagaru hosted Bhagwan. We are looking forward to that episode. Yes, all of these episodes are a prelude to that. I know if we are talking only about the life of Surya Kantamagaru, then whatever I have shared this week or the previous week may not be directly relevant. But I felt it is so beautiful for us to go back and relive these beautiful discourses, this beautiful divine voyage, spiritual voyage of Bhagwan to these towns and villages, the spiritual renaissance that these visits of Bhagwan created. These are beautiful moments for us to relive and to rejuvenate ourselves listening to his message and reimagining, recreating in our hearts those beautiful scenes of Bhagwan amidst the crowds and Bhagwan energizing the people of this land into a life of service, sadhana and sacrifice. We'll continue this in the coming episodes of Outside Inside, Deep Inside in this series, Beacons of Prashant Nilam. As always, if you have any queries, you can write to listener at sssmediacenter.org. You can also send us your feedback on our WhatsApp number 9393-258-258. Thank you so much. Sign up. Embodiments of love. Shanti ni lopar unnadi kani bite le. 
peace is within not outside outside no peace only pieces sairam you just heard an episode of our radio program outside inside deep inside this was a segment of radio sai's thursday life hosted by bishu prashti and today's episode was first broadcast on 25th february 2021 dear listeners we hope you like this program please send us your feedback by either email or whatsapp our email id is listener at sssmediacenter.org and our whatsapp number is 9393 2582588 thank you and loving sairam from prashant nilayam